Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Today I have the honor of introducing our First Lady to come up and speak to us today. She's the true definition of a Christian, of a godly wife, a godly mother, and everyone that knows her knows that she is loving, she's kind, she's funny, she's caring. There are endless words that could describe her. And I'm so thankful to not only have her as my pastor's wife, but also as my mom. I pray that one day I could just be half the Christian, half the mom that you are. I'm so excited to hear what to hear you speak what God's given you today. Let's welcome our pastor's wife as she comes to speak to us. Lakin sing all day. Their voices were just beautiful, angelic, thankful. It was beautiful. You can be seated. I might have you stand back up again in a moment. Happy Mother's Day. It's been said several times, and we'll probably say it several more, and that's okay. Happy Mother's Day to all, all the beautiful women here today, whether you you gave birth or you're going to or you've helped train up someone else's child by being an amazing auntie godmother or special confidant i believe when god made females um he made them to have a certain nurturing nature so whether or not you have children of your own we're, we're celebrating motherhood and the nature of motherhood and the way God made us ladies I know that he he gave us a nurturing nature and we're celebrating you today happy mother's day I I want to say happy mother's day to my mom and to my mother-in-law two of the finest women I know they're not here today but I want to tell them happy mother's day anyway in case maybe they'll go back and watch later <laughs> and um I love them I'm I'm truly best blessed with the best and um why don't you, uh, I'm going to, why don't you tell someone that you haven't already told, Happy Mother's Day. I want to start by thanking, um, I thank my husband for the opportunity to speak. Um, I don't necessarily get like overly excited to speak uh, behind a microphone. I told him this morning at, at the 9 a.m., I told him I'm an introverted extrovert. I kind of, I made that up this morning. I'm going to coin that. I think it's, <laughs> I'm an introvert, extrovert. So I don't mind, like I'm, I'm really talkative. I'm very chatty. Um, I'm too chatty because I actually get anxious about talking and I actually don't like to talk on the phone and or engage. You wouldn't know that because I'm really chatty when I'm on the phone, but it's because I'm so nervous about talking, then I talk too much. And I just go on and on and I over explain and I, and so I'm actually don't get super excited um, to talk behind the mic. But since I declined the last two years and he's not just my husband, he's my pastor, my authority, 
I have submitted, and I told him I would speak today. Um, I do count it an honor anytime I stand behind this podium. I don't take it lightly. We're very blessed here at the Anchor Church, mighty, mighty men and women of God who stand here and speak to us every service, and I am thankful for that. So I asked them this morning at 9 a.m. If anyone, if anyone has FOMO. Does anybody here have FOMO? Yeah, Eden has it. Lakin has it. Noah has it. Few, some of you all don't know what FOMO is. I'm going to enlighten you. I know what it is because I have teenagers, so I know what all these little words mean, or I'm learning. FOMO is the fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. I have it. So I told them this morning, um, when, when COVID hit and we decided to do the separate services, that really, at the different times, but they were going to be mirrored services at different times, I thought, oh, that is not good. I have to go to all of them. <laughs> I have to go to all of them because if I go to the 9 and not the 11, I know my husband's going to come home and say, man, that 11 o'clock service, whew. And if I go to the 11 and not the 9, they're going to be like, man, praise and worship during the 9 a.m. was so much better than the You know, and so I'm like, I'll have to go to them all. I don't want to miss out. And so it got, it got difficult, though, because I, I get the privilege of picking up people for the 11. So I was driving 15 minutes to church, then 30 minutes into the service I had to leave to go drive quite a distance past where I'd come from in my house to go pick up people to get them here for the 11. He said, that doesn't make sense. You just need to come to the 11 that you're <laughs> and so I normally the last several months have just been coming to the 11 and not hitting the nine and it just oh I want to be here because I'm oh you know how it is when pastor can because many of you have been to both services and it's like it'll be the same title but it comes out completely different he'll take to the podium like an index card with one word on it and that's his notes <laughs> and I want to tell you that if you have FOMO and you weren't here at the nine, you don't have to worry about what you missed because I, unlike him, have every single word written down <laughs> and it will not be any different in this service than it was the 9 a.m., okay? So if you have fear of missing out, you're in good shape today. You're going to get the same exact thing that they got at nine. So I do feel like God gave me a thought just to speak on. So if you want to stand back up with me. You can turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to be reading verses 8 through 10. Hebrews 11, verse 8. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Dear Jesus, I thank you for your word that you've already blessed, that you've already anointed. I pray, God, that you would anoint me today to deliver what I believe you gave to me, Lord. And I thank you, Jesus. I love you. Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. I want to speak to you for just a few minutes on this thought. I'm not only going to make it, but I'm going to enjoy the trip. I'm not only going to make it, but that is an old song um, that my mom used to play on a cassette tape. It was Lewis Hera. He was an evangelist, and he wrote that song. And I heard Elder and Sister Melik used to sing that song in church. 
And I asked them this morning if they wanted to, but they didn't, they didn't sing. <laughs> but it's an awesome song, but it's talking about enjoying the trip. And I realize it's graduation weekend, and we hear a lot about enjoying the journey, enjoy your trip, and kind of life's journey. It seems kind of generic or cliche to say something like that. So I'm, I'm actually um, going to talk to you about enjoying it, but four ways that will help you to enjoy your trip. So I'm not, I'm not a preacher but I'm a teacher, so I'm gonna to talk to you about four points, four ways that I think will help you so that you can enjoy your trip. How many wanna enjoy your trip? Amen, we're on a journey in life, we're on a journey. Our destination, unlike Abraham and Sarah, they didn't know where they were going. We know where we're headed, right? We're headed for heaven, and God wants us to enjoy our trip. A, um, we laughed a few weeks ago when someone, I this pastor that said, you know, wouldn't it be great we got baptized as soon as someone came up out of the water they would just go straight to heaven God would take them because that way they had no chance of messing things up <laughs> no chance of missing their destination they would just go straight to heaven and we laughed about that but in reality God God wants us to live here he he created this earth for us to enjoy he created us so we can enjoy each other as well and um so we're, we're going to enjoy this trip, and so, so often we let things keep us from that. So first thing I want to talk to you about getting rid of so that you can enjoy your trip is getting rid of frustrations. Everybody say frustrations. Oh, this is something we all deal with daily, right? Frustrations are annoyances or letting or allowing what others do to keep you from enjoying your journey, where you're going. And I'm just gonna relate this to my life on taking an actual trip today, an actual, an actual journey. Um, you might call it a vacation trip, whatever, getaway. But we've all taken them, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna relate that to this. So when we're going on a trip, and God bless you, mothers, because I know when you're going on a trip. It's a lot of planning. It's a lot of work. It's a, it's a lot, and so it's exhausting. And by the time you get in the in the car, you're like. Like Sister Lauren, man, you just want to want to pass out. You're exhausted. You've already worked, and you and you're just not getting ready to take off. And for my family, you know, we we go to Florida about once a year. My parents live down there, and sometimes we'll go down there for even a quiz trip or go down to see them. And it's to get where they're at. It's about 15 hours or so, not counting stops. And so it never fails when we're on this trip. So Lambert Road, the road I live on, it's like two and a half miles to get to my house. And we're not even off Lambert Road. And um, Finn asks, are we there yet? Yes, see, we're not the only family. <laughs> and um, he says, are we there yet? And I'm like, Finn, you know, buddy, you know we're not there yet. We have a long ways to go. Please don't ask that again. I don't want you to ask that every 10 minutes. It's going to be a long time before we get there. Please don't, don't ask that yet. So 30 minutes will go by, and then he'll say, how much longer? And, but he's wise enough to word it differently. <laughs> but um, it doesn't matter. There's like this restlessness that comes with the thought of being in a vehicle. I'm not sure if it's being trapped inside of like a minivan with the people that you love so dearly for hours. Um, and you can't get away, you're stuck, you know? For me though, we all have different frustrations on our trip, and so I'm gonna to talk to you about things that frustrate me for a second when I'm on a trip with my family. I'm not a huge sweets eater. 
I'd rather have a second helping of the main dish than I would order dessert. I'm not a big sweet spot. I like them, but that's not my thing. So if I stop at, I, because the other thing that happens is on a trip, on every trip that anyone takes, it does not matter if you've just eaten a, a four course meal, you're hungry. You're hungry. Mom, where's the snacks? And we just ate before we left so that we wouldn't have to stop, but it doesn't matter. As soon as he sees the golden archers, oh. Mom, can we stop at McDonald's? I'm, I'm starving. And it's been like 30 minutes since he's eaten. And then every single time, every single time, happened yesterday on my way back from a quiz trip. Now, Cincinnati was only like two hours and 20 minutes, Maddie, but we had to stop twice for food in that two hours and 20 minutes uh, because it's something about being on a road trip. You, you got to eat. And so, and it's also something about when you pull into a gas station Everyone has to get out and go get a snack. Everybody, right? It doesn't matter if you even had a cooler or snacks in your car. You have to get out of the gas station and you have to go get a snack. So I would not get the candy bar. My husband would get the candy bar. Uh, Sawyer would probably get the candy bar. I would get chips. I'm not a can. I'm more of a salt person. So I would probably get salt and vinegar chips. And chips don't. I like chips. Chips don't bother me at all. Um, I like to eat them. But if I'm not eating them and someone else is eating them, it's when they open that bag, especially if it is salt and vinegar chips, the smell. It smells like feet. It's, it's terrible. But if I don't notice how bad they smell if I'm eating them. But if someone else is eating them, it's awful. And it frustrates me. I'm like, really? You have to? It's when they open the bag. The smell just, oh. Um, now, for Lakin um, and all of her close loved ones right now know what we're going to talk about. For Lakin, it's not the smell. It's the sound. So, Lakin... Um, it's a condition. <laughs> and she's had this all her life. And we, we used to make her endure it more than we do now that we know more about it. <laughs> but when she was little, she would want to get up. We would be you know, at the breakfast table or whatever. And, and <laughs> bless her heart, she did have to eat across from Sawyer. And Sawyer, Sawyer really enjoys his food. He, he enjoys eating, he enjoys his food, and, you know, it's kind of going everywhere sometimes. And Lakin has this condition, she can't stand to hear other people eating. She can't, and all her close friends know this. Um, you know, if you're ever going out with her for lunch or whatever, probably don't order soup or spaghetti and, or, like, <laughs> or crunchy things that she can hear you crunching and don't chew on your ice around her. She'll probably start, like, like and get up from the table and maybe not come back. <laughs> it's a real thing, and um, it's actually called misophonia. It's a real condition. You can Google it later. It's misophonia. It's a, um, a mental condition, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's not a physical. I think it's something in your head, and it bothers her so badly. It makes her angry instantly. She also can't stand to watch people lick their lips. It <laughs> And so it's about her mouth. And so AirPods have saved our, it's saved all of our lives on trips. Lakin puts in AirPods and cannot hear anything going on in the van. She's happy and then we're happy because she's happy. And so for me, it's the smells. For her, it's the sounds. My husband has his own issues with, um, 
on road trips, on road trips, on this trip that we're going to, he has a phobia of public restrooms. And so when we get out and go to a public restroom, he makes all of us line up against the van and take our shoes off before we get back in the van. Because <laughs> he says, you don't understand. You have not seen what I've seen in the men's restrooms. And I don't like the thought of that on the bottom of their shoe and then it might touch my blanket or pillow that I brought and I'm not gonna lay my head on that. And so he makes everybody take their shoes off before they get back in the van when we're on a trip. See, we all have something that frustrates us. And so it's, we all, and you know, and the misophonia thing, I don't want to let Jillian off the hook. She's the only one I don't think I didn't talk about yet. I think misophonia is contagious because now Jillian has it. And Pastor Cody told me this morning that he thinks Pastor has it because you can't eat around him without him being like, so it's contagious, I think. And our whole family gets like frustrated when we hear people eating. And like five people, came, Lakin, five people after 9 a.m. service came up to me and told me, I have that too. She's not alone. So you're not alone with your condition. And, and so, you know, we, we all have frustrations. But, you know, it's like that in our, in our spiritual walk, our destination from, to heaven. Um, you, it, there are people around us that will frustrate us. Things go wrong. And um, we bother people. We, maybe what they said was frustrating. Maybe they were wrong. They didn't do things right. Uh, I, don't, I don't like it when someone else opens that bag of chips. But I'm not, I'm not turning around. I'm not going to go back where I came from. I'm going to keep on going. Saints of God, we can't allow people or frustrations what they do to detour us while we're on our trip. We've got to keep going. I've heard pastors say before, you can't offend me bad enough to make me want to leave this walk with God. I'm headed to heaven to see Jesus. And so we've got to keep that. We've got to keep that and let our frustrations go. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, you've annoyed me. Now look back at him and say, it's okay because I've annoyed you too. We're not perfect. We got to get over our frustrations the same way they've got to get over their frustrations with us. Because guess what? The trip is worth it. The trip's worth it. The trip's worth it. Amen. Get over your frustrations. So the second thing I want to talk to you about, we got to get over our frustrations. The second thing I want to talk to you about is fog. Have you ever been on a trip last week? the beginning of the week, if you were out in this area, the fog was so bad. We were driving to school that morning. The fog was so bad. I, I couldn't see where I was going. Fog would be a condition that you can't control. You don't see where it came from. You don't know where it's going. You don't know when it's lifting. You know it won't be there forever, but it comes from nowhere. It's awful. And it's like that with our, with our journey with Jesus, our journey to heaven. You know, there's these conditions that'll come. We can't control them. We didn't foresee them. Maybe a sickness strikes your family. Maybe a tragedy hits your family. Maybe a loss of jobs. And it's just completely out of your control. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't planned. It wasn't on your map to stop. It may be a road construction type thing. But, but by the time you're in the middle of, of this fog, it's too bad for you to to turn around and go back. I mean, 
you, you realize you don't want to travel in it. And I could go, last week when we were driving to school, they were like, what are we going to do? We can't see. And I said, we got to keep going. We got to keep going. When I was in high school, I was in college, but the girl that I went to high school with, she was a year behind me. She was actually, her and her entire family were actually killed in a car accident on their way to church on a Sunday morning. The fog was so bad, they came to a stop. And you can't come to a stop when you're in the fog because what happens is the car behind you can't see you and it's too late. And when that semi got to them, it was too late. Uh, they didn't see them. And when you're in the middle of the fog, you have to keep on going. And you know, in, in life, when something comes that's unexpected and it's difficult to see your way through, what, what would you turn around and go back for? You know, if I turned around in the fog the other day to go back towards home, guess what? I'm still in the fog. You have to go back through the fog to even get out of it and you don't know what way it's ending and when it's gonna stop. And so what would you go back to in your life? You would go back to your misery and addictions. Those are things God brought you out of. Don't turn around and go back to that. You got to keep going. It's, and it's okay. If, if you're in the fog, it's okay to proceed with caution. It's okay if you have to slow down a little. It's, it's okay when you don't know about the terrain. But when you don't know what to do. You have to keep doing what you know to do. Keep moving towards your destiny. Don't lose ground. Don't give up. Heaven is ahead. We've got to keep moving. You've got to stay the course. Don't let those things that you can't control stop you. So don't allow frustrations to stop you. Don't let the fog turn you around. And don't have a failure to focus. You've got to focus. That's the other thing. We've got to work on our focus so we can enjoy this trip. If do you ever travel and uh, you, you, there's beautiful scenery? If you're the one that's driving, you feel responsible for everyone in the car to see everything, right? So the driver will say, whoever's driving, oh, did you guys see that? Did you guys see, oh, do you see that? And, you know, we'll look up or whatever. It's normally my husband if we're on a road trip. Everybody look over here. Look at that. And it, whenever you're driving and you want everyone to look, you look around, one of them's in a book. One of them's watching a movie, one's on a phone, one's playing a game. Everybody's doing something to occupy and pass the time because they just want to get there, but they're not focused on the things around them. And he's, pretty, he's really good about reminding us to lift our heads. I like to read when I'm traveling or catch up on emails and, you know, things to pass the time. But we've got to be aware of our surroundings. We have to be aware of our surroundings. Um, we hear the stories about how pastor tells us how God has changed his seats on airplanes before and has his seat will get moved to where he's sitting beside someone that's in need or someone that has prayed um, for an answer to something and God will change his seat. And we hear these stories and we go to conferences and we hear how God's done these things and we're like, wow, that's, that's so powerful. I would love God to do that for me and we'll be on our faces in the altar praying, God, do that to me. But you know, God does do that for us. We, he does it. He does it. it. It happens a lot. We just don't know because we're not focused. And we've got, we have to be intentional about our focus. Every morning when you get up, you need to pray, God, help me to be focused. Help me to see what you want me to see. Put the right person in my path, God. I want to be focused. You can be looking right at something and not see it. Um, and like in our house, 
Uh, if, I, if I need somebody to go get me something from a shelf, um, I have learned, well, it's, <laughs> if it's on the shelf and I ask them to go get it, most of the time, I don't see it. It's not there. I can't see it. And um, it, that happens a lot. I've learned if I want something uh, badly enough, either get it myself or ask Finn. Finn will find it. Finn, will fo- he can focus. He has the ability to focus. My other three children love their hearts, are a lot like their dad. <laughs> and <laughs> they have a very difficult time focusing. And it's true, and he knows that it's true. They all know this is true. And so they have a heart. He cannot see, or they cannot see sugar that I asked for right in front of him in the pantry. But we'll be on a road trip, and because he loves the outdoors, so he's focused on that. We'll be on a road trip, and they'll be like a deer that looks this big. It's like a half a mile away. And he'll say, man, do you see that buck over there? And I, I couldn't see it with binoculars. I'm like, what? And, and, he, and they'll all, all of them, those three, they'll all say, yeah, man, I see it. And Finn and I are like, I don't see it. I, I, it's so far. Like, it's so funny how that works. They can see something so far away, but they can't see something right. But you know why? It's because when I ask them to get something that, and they're in the middle of something else, and I've disrupted them, they're not focused. They're not focused because they're distracted. And we, we are so easy to be distracted we're, we're, it's, we're so distracted by things, and things can be okay, but we have to learn to lift our head, get our heads off, off of this all the time, looking on a phone, and look and see what's around us, because God has put people in our paths, and he has put things for us to enjoy. He's put lots of things for us to like a beautiful sunset, a pretty sky, a field of flowers, a bluebird on the branch of a white oak tree. And sometimes it's, it's those alone moments when you're focused on those things and you're not, you're not thinking about the things around you, but you're focused on this beauty. And God in those alone moments will speak to you. He'll give you a word. Failure to focus is like coming to church and not even knowing what's going on. Listening to the songs and not paying attention to the lyrics. Just kind of... And not thinking, I'm a, I'm a word person, so I'm not, it's not normally the rhythm or beat of a song that gets me, it's the words. I, I pay attention to the words, so certain songs just really move me. And so you don't want to come to church and hear songs and don't think about it, or hear a message and not think about what God's saying through that. I, let it be your prayer. God, don't let me fail to focus on what you have for me, the people you've put before me, the word you're speaking to me. We've got to get rid of our frustrations. We've got to get rid of the fall, get through it, and we've got to get rid of the mixed focus. We've got to focus. Don't have failure to focus. And the last thing I want to talk to you about is, so we've done frustrations, fog, failure to focus, is fear. Fear when you're on a trip. Um, a lot, it's, he's saying fear. It's fear of not reaching your destination. I was in a car accident um, almost 24 years ago. I was 20 years old, junior in college, and I was a passenger. And you've heard Pastor give a little bit of here and there. I've t- and I'm not going to talk all about my testimony with that. But uh, God healed me. And so I was in this car, horrible car wreck. And my, both of my legs were broken, both my ankles, both my feet, my right side was crushed. And, um, 
it, I had over 24 surgeries on my leg to save it, and it was, it was bad. So my legs were in traction, and my right side was in traction for months. I was in a hospital bed. And I remember after all of that, the psychiatrist, they come in and they meet with you. I was at Wake Forest Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and they would, they would have come in and talk to me every day. And they, would, they were preparing me for the post-traumatic stuff I would be going through. And one of the main things they talked to me about was they told me it would probably going to be very difficult for me to get in a vehicle again. And they said it's going to be hard, and they were on and on and on about how hard it might be. And thankfully, by the grace of God, I did not, I didn't deal with that. I, I remember the first time I had, an ambulance had to take me home on that, like, I don't know, five-hour trip because my leg was in traction still. So I remember after I got home, I didn't go anywhere until I was able to get into a wheelchair. So several months later, and I remember my good buddy um, from school he, he went to a local college, so he still lived near our hometown. And he said, Cindy, uh, let's go to a soccer game. He was trying to get me out of the house. I think he was afraid that I was never going to leave or do anything again. He was a great friend. He said, let's go. Let's, let's go. You know, they're having the uh, homecoming soccer game at our school, and why don't we go? And I remember my mom being, like, nervous, not for me to go. She was nervous that I was going to be nervous. And I remember her talking to me and saying, you don't have, it's okay if you're not ready. You don't have to do this. You don't have to get in the car with anyone. You don't have, she was preparing me. And I'm like, no, I'm okay. And, and I went, I remember that. I remember that first time getting in a car with someone else driving and it didn't bother me at all. And I was fine. And I'm so thankful for that. I didn't deal with that. But what did happen to me later is I had a different fear. I had a fear of reaching my destination and I didn't know it for a long time. And it happened, it started coming out around the time we got married. And he was, we would go travel together, but I still had to do clinicals. So I would have to go back to Morgantown from wherever we would be at together, from whatever revival. And I would write him a letter every time, like every week, this letter. And I'd say, this is just, keep this just in case, in case I, I don't ever see you again. I want you to keep this. And he did, I, I think that he probably thought, and I probably thought initially that it's because we were on the honeymoon stage. And like, oh, I don't want to leave you. And, you know, oh, if anything ever happens. Until so I was doing it all the time. And it got worse once we had children. And I told them this morning, I don't think they'd ever heard this before. They didn't know mommy did this. But every time I would go on a trip, I was coaching, quizzing, and they were little, and I would take road trips. And every time I would go on a trip, I would write all of them a letter, and I'd put it in my nightstand. And I would tell my husband, if anything happens and I don't come home, please give these notes to the kids. And I would do it. If I went on a trip every week, I'd throw those away when I got home, and I'd write a new one for the next trip I'd take on. Because what I didn't realize, I didn't have fear of getting in a vehicle. I had fear of not reaching my destination because that's what had happened to me in my car wreck. I didn't get to where I was going. And so I had a fear of not reaching my destination. And God, I'm so thankful that God has helped me with that. And I, my husband really helped me with that too. He said, Cindy, you, you can't dwell on that. You know, man, we're appointed once to die. So if you're walking with God and living in God, 
You're not going to die unless it's your appointed time. And if it's your appointed time, there's nothing we can do to stop that. And he helped me so much for that with that. I no longer write letters every time, but sometimes it does try to come back on me just a fear. What if I don't see them again? And, and I was thinking about this and this message. And, um, you know, we deal with those thoughts on our spiritual journey. I can't tell you how many people I meet with and they talk to me and they say, I'm not, I can't live good enough. What if I mess up? I don't think I can do this. What if I don't make it to heaven? What if everyone else gets there and I don't? And they have a fear of not reaching their destination. But the Bible promises us, Jesus promises us, he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He's gonna be with us on our trip. He's right there beside of us. We don't have to fear. We don't have to fear about that. If you'll stand with me in closing, I, the verses that we read um, about Sarah and Abraham. Ladies, did you know that Sarah and Abraham were on a trip their entire marriage? Their entire marriage. Can you imagine Sarah, her frustrations and of, of not knowing just the unsurety of life, the fog of life, not being able to stay focused. They kept it. They kept headed toward their destination every day. Every day they had to get past frustrations. Every day they had to get through that fog of not knowing where they were going except they were depending on God. Every day they had to keep their focus. And every day they had to keep going towards their de destination. And the Bible tells us they didn't even know where they were going. All they knew is they were headed toward where God told them to do, where he told them. And I just, uh, I just want to encourage you today. You're my family, and I love you, and I know you love each other. But we are. We're on this trip. We're on this journey, and the fog of uncertainty tries to come to us. It's going to try to get you to turn around and not finish your, your journey. You've got to stay the course. You're going to have You're going to have failures. And you're going to have times when you're not focused. But you've got to pray every day. Be intentional with that. God, give me the focus on the splendor of life and of loving each other and the people that you've put in my life. God, send me more people. Send me more situations that you want to work through me. You've got to keep your focus and enjoy, enjoy life. He wants us to enjoy life. And finally, just work on your fear. I have no fear anymore. I have confidence in God that he that began a work in me will complete it. And he's going to do the same for you. And I'm not only going to make it, I'm going to enjoy the trip. God bless you. Amen. So powerful. I think we ought to lift our hands and talk to the Lord. Would you do that? The Bible says, lift your heart with your hands. Here I am. Here we are. Oh, God, we love you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Lord, for every person in this building. Every heart, every mind, every soul. God, you know what they're going through on this, on this journey, on this trip. In Jesus' name. There's this powerful verse in Scripture 
that says, cast not away therefore your confidence. Cast not away therefore your confidence. Confidence in what? Confidence in him. Hebrews says he's the author and the finisher of our faith. God wants you to make it more than you want to make it. God loves you more than you ever love him. How many know it's true? It was so powerful what she's saying today. You deal with frustrations. I realize no one wants to ride in our van on a, on a road trip. <laughs> How many found that somewhat normal? Yeah, it's so normal. And uh, then you deal with fog. Unexpected things. Don't turn around. Don't lose ground. Keep on going. Can you say amen? And there's so many good things on this trip that you can make a difference and it'll make a difference in your own life. Focus. Look at your neighbor and say, focus. The last thing is fear. What if I don't make it? What if I slip out? How many's ever dealt with that fear? Don't, don't cast away your confidence. You know what I feel today? It's somewhere we gotta make a, we've got to make a decision. The Bible says make your calling and your election sure. Make your calling and election sure. In an election in a democratic society, what you'll find is majority rules. God's saying yes. The devil's saying no. You've got to break the vote today. You've got to say, I'm going to make it. Come on, I'm going to make it. I'm made up in my mind. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You know what he was talking about? We're going to the other side. We're going on to the promised land. I'm not going back to Egypt. I'm not going back where I came from. Is there anybody in this room that feels that way? I'm making a choice. I've made a decision. I'm going on to God. I'm going to, heaven's going to be my final destination and nothing's going to stop me. No circumstance in life. No frustration from people. No uncertainty of fog. I'm going to set my eye toward him like a flint. I'm going to set my eye toward heaven. I'm not turning to the left and I'm not turning to the right. I'm going to make heaven. Come on, somebody in the building. I'm going to make heaven my final destination. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm going to live in faith. I am going to make it. Somebody shout with me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me though a just man falls down seven times he'll rise again rejoice not against me oh my enemies for if I fall I shall arise come on get up get up get up I'm telling somebody get up and keep on going if you fail get up elbow your neighbor and say get up look at your neighbor and say get up get up Arise and go to your destination. There's another sunrise to see. There's another sunset to see. There's another view to catch your eye on today. I feel this for somebody. Your failure is not final. He's got a mansion waiting on you. There's a home on the other side. I can take you to the spot. I can take you to the moment when I bent my knee before God. And I said, I'm going to make it. I'm not, I'm not going backwards. I'm going ahead. If I fall, I'm going to fall forward and gain some ground in the moment. 
but I'm not going to fall backwards. I'm not going back. There's nothing to go back to. Come on, I feel like preaching just for a minute. I'm going to make heaven my home. I made a covenant with God. Somebody shout, I'm going to make it. You've got what it takes. He put it in you to win. He built you for the hard times. He built you for the tough times. You just got to put one foot in front of the other. I wish somebody would put one foot in front of the other and say, keep on going. None of you did it, but you need to do it. Put one foot in front of the other. And keep on going. Somebody need to put your foot in front of the other and say, keep on going. It's going to get better. The fog's not here forever. Somebody say, the fog's not here forever. God, I pray over this congregation on this Mother's Day. We're not only going to make it. I'm not going to live in fear anymore. I'm not going to live in indecision and uncertainty. I know it's going to be all right. I'm making a covenant with you today that it's going to be all right. I remember holding your hand, Cindy, one particular moment when we had that conversation. I said, it's going to be all right. Somebody in the room that's living in fear, you've got to make up in your mind, it's going to be all right. You know why? Because he's in the, I'm in the palm of his hand. He's leading me. One of the greatest statements of all of Scripture dealing with this subject, as she already quoted, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, but I will be with you even until the end. I wonder what you'd do if you knew God was walking with you every step of the way. How many of you have lived in that fear of not making it? You know what you need to do today? Make a covenant. I'm going to make it. I think husbands and wives, mothers, individuals, ought to step out of your seat and make a covenant over this message today. Say, I'm not going backwards. I'm going forwards. Come on, I'm talking about making a vow. I'm not backing up. I'm not quitting. Come on, make your way. Today, I'm in covenant with God. I'm in covenant with the Lord. I'm not going backwards. I'm going to make it to the final destination. And I'm going to enjoy the day's journey. Every week's journey. Some weeks are going to be harder than others. The weather might change on the trip. Might be mountainous terrain and some valleys to go through. But he's with me. Somebody say, the Lord's with me. I'm not only going to make it. I feel like God's going to heal some people of fear today. Come on, press your way closer. A lot of people coming. Look at your neighbor and say, you frustrated me a time or two. But I still love you. Moments of fall. Didn't see it coming. How many's ever had those moments you didn't see it coming? Tragedy. Fall. What do we do? Just keep going forward. How many's ever lived your life not focused? Barreled down. Couldn't see any good thing around you. Kids grow up if you're not careful when you're too focused. They'll grow up right around you. 
Good people come in and out of your life and never see their face. Because you're barreled down trying to get to that retirement, trying to get to that payday, trying to get to that destination. Fear. Can't, can't live for God in faith because of fear. How many of you have ever been there? I remember somebody having dreams about me one time. Three people had a dream I was killed. Three people had a dream. So I went to my dad and I said, three different people have had a dream about me. Well, every curve I went around, honey, I thought, man, this could be it. In West Virginia, there's a lot of curves. And I just realized I, some people just have dreams. Then I had, in my adult life, I, as a preacher, I had three, three people come up and told me that I was going to fail. Warned me. All said the exact same thing from different places. I was going to fail. And uh, called my dad and I said, I've got people warning me that I'm going to fail. No desire in me to fail. Try to put fear in me. My dad was up in Michigan preaching for Marvin Walker. When he told him that, what somebody had been telling me, Marvin Walker called me and started prophesying. He said, don't listen to one word of it. You're not going to fail. You're going to succeed. What voice are you listening to today? I'm going to succeed. Come on, I'm going to prosper. I'm going to make it. The devil's been lying to you, telling you you're not going to make it. You're going to make it. Heaven is going to be your home. Heaven is going to... Heaven's going to be your home. You're going to make it. I wish somebody with some endurance, somebody with some unction in you would say, I'm going to make it. Look at your neighbor and tell two or three people, you are going to make it. Lord, we ask you to forgive us. Forgive us of our sins. Why don't we pray together? God, we ask you to forgive us of our sins, our mishaps, mistakes, our doubts and unbeliefs. Let little things frustrate us and make big deals out of small things. Forgive us for letting petty things get a, get a grip on us, separate us from people that we love. Forgive us, oh God, for that. Forgive us, Lord, for stopping in the fog. Even some cases turn around and going the wrong way because of uncertainty. Lord, forgive us for not focusing. Not enjoying the day to day because we don't feel accomplished. Barreled down trying to arrive at some destination we're not even sure of. But help us, Lord, to love those around us and see the beautiful things you put in our life. Forgive us for not enjoying the journey. Ooh. Forgive us for not enjoying the journey. Help us, God, to see what you put in our lives help us to slow down enjoy the trip have laughing moments and fun moments and loving moments with those around us enjoy the people in the church enjoy the people on the trip with us God forgive us for living in fear instead of thinking with faith for a walk by faith and not by sight Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. You are our assurance. You are our assurance. Come on, make Jesus your assurance today. God, you're my source of my strength. I follow you. I'm going in the direction you called me to go. And I'll never leave. I wish somebody would say that. God, I'm going in the direction you called me to go and I will never leave. Not going back. Amen. They're going to sing today. We're going to worship. What a heartwarming Sunday this has been. How many feel like assurance? Amen. Your spouse is near you. Look at him and say, let's slow down and enjoy the trip. Let's, have, make, let's make some memories. Let's have some moments. Cindy couldn't have been any better. Amen. Couldn't have been any better. Wasn't that powerful today? Aren't we so thankful? Let me help you enjoy church. Don't rush to get here and don't rush to leave. Come early. Stay a little late. Some of the most amazing people in the world are right here in the building. And they live in your house as well. I know they act crazy every now and then, but they live in your house. Our time with one another, our time together is so valuable. Go ahead and lead us in worship today. You're still enough for me. Come on, you're making a covenant. God, I'm righteous, you're or I will be righteous. I'm going to continue in repentance, or I'm going to you're repent. Still my Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.